I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning. Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 1039 WYAV. Thanks for joining me today. Hopefully, you won't regret it. Uh, I, I'm issuing one of my standard kind of ongoing, particularly in, in times of foreign policy issues involving the United States, I'm, I'm issuing one of my standing trigger alerts. Some people may want to retreat from the show back to their bubble. I'm talking about the left or the right or the center. If you don't want to think instead of clutching your emotional pearls, uh, you're not going to be comfortable here for the next hour. Not good form. Please don't tell the station owner that I just tried to warn people away from my show for the day, but uh, I believe that may be the case. I'm a people person. I want to make people happy. I don't want to upset anybody. But for those of you who choose to stick around, it's going to be time to do a little bit of thinking. You know, the the Israeli-Palestinian issue is incredibly hard to cover. First, because it is mind-numbingly tragic. I find myself not even wanting to look at things. I don't watch a lot of videos of this. They're usually they're usually titled to where I know some atrocity is has been filmed and is shared with the world. I have no taste for that. I, I know what's going on is absolutely uh, tragic. Secondly, it's hard to cover because I grow even sadder to hear people cheering for the death of innocent people. And this is on both sides. It doesn't really matter what side of the issue you're on. It's another one of these things where we're forced immediately to choose a side. Notice how they do that? Interesting, isn't it? And most importantly, this is difficult to cover because most people are mentally incapable of resisting emotional reaction, taking over their ability to think past a particular moment in time, and to sit back, stop for a moment, and logically examine the moments before a tragedy, and after a tragedy. So I've, I've figured my tact for today, I'm going to ask uh, just one question of people who want to listen to the show today. It's a long question, so get ready. But if you're willing to give it some thought, I believe you may rediscover the ability to think rather than to react to what is an incredibly uh, important issue. You know, I'm a consumer of conservative talk radio, like most people listening to this show are, and I tell you what, it has been and continues to be completely controlled uh, by neocons. Now, that's basically on the the national level. Local talk show hosts like myself are given some latitude, but when it comes to the national shows, it's tough. If you are a daily consumer of conservative talk radio, you get a lot of great entertainment, a lot of good information, but you're also just sheep-dipped in neocon ideology. It's sad, but it's true. 
know, Dana Lash yesterday, and I'm a fan of her show. She's super cute. That doesn't hurt anything, but I'm a fan of her show and her style. She's very entertaining. She made my ears bleed <laughs> bleed yesterday. She really did, and I'm going to point out one. In my long question today, I'll point out uh, one spot where, you know, my, my biggest problem with the right-wing and left-wing media, and particularly when it comes to foreign policy, where they kind of coalesce, is the, the amount of things that they leave out of their narrative. So what they say might not be technically wrong, but it sure does leave out some stuff. We'll point out that again today. Some quotes of the day real quick. I got several of them. This one is an oldie but a goodie from George Orwell. He wrote in 1984, quote, The war is not meant to be won. It is meant to be continuous. Hierarchical society is only possible on the basis of poverty and ignorance. In principle, the war effort is always planned to keep society on the brink of starvation. Someone tweeted this, and I don't have a way to attribute to them. Usually I make sure, even if it's some absurd screen name, when I see a tweet, I always try to make sure I give proper uh, attributions. But I didn't clip it on this one, but they put this one out, which I think is great. It said, to further prove how mind-numbingly dumb much of the population is, a significant proportion of people on the net are currently making excuses about why the mass murderers they support are different from the mass murderers they oppose. Uh, this was another one here. This this is uh, this is from Zbigniew Brzezinski. Uh, you'll know his daughter, Mika Brzezinski. Surely out of talent, no nepotism there. She found herself hosting. Uh, what is it, Morning Joe on MSNBC, but her ditty, her dad, Zbigniew, one of the architects of globalism and manipulation and propaganda, Brzezinski said this, he said, shortly, the public will be unable to reason or think for themselves. They'll only be able to parrot the information they were given on the previous night's news. Now, he was a big player back in the 70s, but I believe he even served during the Obama administration. There's not a date attributed uh, to this quote, but I would say certainly within his last three decades of evil rule, uh, he certainly did turn out to be right. Uh, here's one other one. Uh, ben Rickert tweeted this out. It's like a meme, so I don't know. I give him credit. He just tweeted it out. Ben Rickert, if you don't know, he's one of the heroes of the Big Short movie. So one of the guys that really cleaned up by being able to see the truth about the housing market heading into the financial crisis. But he tweeted this meme out. It says, 1% control the world, 4% are their puppets, 90% are asleep, 5% know and try to wake the 90%, the 1% use the 4% to prevent the 5% from waking up the 90%. And then there was this. I just thought this was an interesting tale and maybe something worth considering as well. If a prince wants to conquer a city and the city does not want to be conquered, they would hate him. But if the prince pays criminals to kill cows, burn barns, smash windows, set things on fire, the people will panic and fear and cry out for help. And the prince will come in, get rid of the very criminals he bribed to create the problem. Nobody will know the better for it and everyone will praise the prince as a hero. So it's good marketing. You create the need and fill it. You go around the back of the house and set it on fire, then you go around the front of the house and sell them a fire extinguisher. And they'll pay anything for it and even thank you for being there. So it's called Machiavellianism, 
where you create or capitalize on a crisis to consolidate control. Would never happen in modern times, Mike. We've got the Internet. We can see through that. <laughs> well, you're living in a lifetime uh, exercise in exactly that, that kind of thing. Let me see. Uh, I had one other one here. I actually misclipped something, but uh, don't worry. I'll, uh, I'll get back to it at some point. It was somebody explaining. Maybe I can find it for tomorrow's show. I told you, I need some help. I need some assistance. <laughs> it was a clip of somebody explaining how they have done propaganda in the past. Not just somebody. It was a CIA agent that was in the propaganda team. And he explained about how you plant a story in one foreign newspaper and then you send the clip of that foreign newspaper, which you've bribed to run the story, you send that to the New York Times or the Washington Post, and they run it as being reported in another newspaper. I guess I've kind of given it away, but I will play the clip because it's from the mouth of somebody who had actually done it before. And this was obviously a long time ago. He was talking about uh, Vietnam and wars long since gone. But anyway, all right, I'm going to take a quick break here. Then when we come back, I'm going to start getting into my question of the day. And as I told you, it's a long one. It's a doozy. But I think it's uh, certainly worth thinking about and maybe put a little bit of context to what we're seeing today. And I got to tell you, <laughs> sharing the airwaves with some of the mainstream neocon people across, and not just WYAB, look, Rush Limbaugh, as I've said before, God love him. Rest in peace, Rush. You basically open the door for everybody else to be on popular uh, conservative media, but he also, he was a neocon. And so I do my little part in my rebel outpost here for two hours a week to try to give you something else to think about. And that's exactly what we'll do when we come back. Stick around. I'll be right back. You know, I said last week that it was I really enjoyed our last 18 months together with me and conservatives and Republicans on the anti-war side of things when it came to the Russian war. Really, the last 12 months, about the first six months, people didn't really... The scam had not been fully exposed, but we had a good run, didn't we? We had about a year where Republicans and conservatives understood the scam of war. And I'm genuinely sad, seriously, and incredibly disappointed that there were no firm roots planted during those 12 months. But when you've been subject to propaganda and being told that American exceptionalism is not our great founding documents or the freedoms we should enjoy here, but instead American exceptionalism is about our military might, when you've been hit over the head with that for 30 years by your political heroes, it's pretty difficult to come back from that. So 12 months, just it wasn't long enough, unfortunately. And to many people, it was an act. It was a partisan Joe Biden is bad act to be opposed to a war. But, you know, the vast majority of conservatives who opposed the Ukraine war got it right once. Out of the dozens of conflicts of modern times, you got one right. I'd say it's not a great record, but unfortunately, from what I've seen over the past 10 days, boy, Republicans, for the most part, still do not get it. I'm also so sad to see 
so, so sad to see people rooted in, 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 in Christian values seeming to foam at the mouth for the death of many, many innocent people. You know, a lot of people want to hold Hamas respond, hold all the people of Palestine responsible for Hamas, uh, Hamas because they elected them. And I ask you, we're going to go over some numbers later in the show today, if I can get to it. Should you be held accountable for the things that the people that rule over you? There's a lot of people in in uh, the Palestinian areas that didn't vote for Hamas. I don't think it was uh, I don't think it was uh, unanimous. But the bombs will not spare those who didn't vote for them. But even people who voted for them, maybe you'll look at them slightly differently after I get done here. But anyway, if you're currently flying over to Israel to fight on the front lines against Hamas or heading to the Middle East to take on Iran for the neocons, at least I can respect your commitment. But for the other 99.9999999% of you, it just really makes me very, very sad. So let's get into my question. So I, I want to paint a, a, a bit of a picture for you. Now imagine that the MAGA crowd, the America First people, what I would say is probably the largest bulk of people who listen to the show. I may have some, some never-Trumpers because I'm not very kind to Donald Trump. But just imagine if all of the, the MAGA crowd grew up in Florida. And it was a state full of MAGA Republicans, very like-minded people, been there for centuries, raised kind of in that culture since the country's founding, just turned out to be a very homogeneous area down there, all very patriotic MAGA people. You've got your own culture and you've got a community that goes back for generations. But somewhere else in the country, there were some Democrats that might not be on board with the MAGA people, but they were they were run out of another part of the country. Now, in Florida at the time, before this happened, there were Democrats in the state, but everybody kind of peacefully coexisted. Oh, they might get into a, a debate at some point, but people worked together and moved about. But it was overwhelmingly a MAGA-run state. But still, no problems. Everybody just coexisted. You had friends across the aisle because there just wasn't a whole lot of fighting. But then in another part of the country, the Democrats were subjected to horrific abuses. So it was decided by the federal government that they are resettled into, let's call it, Miami and Orlando areas. Now, you're not necessarily happy about that, but it's enforced by the government. The federal government just deems that Miami and Orlando now are going to be for the Democrats. So the MAGA people and the newly settled Democrats in Miami and Orlando, they signed some agreements to live side by side in Florida. And some lines were drawn so everybody kind of knew where their territory was. But it just didn't stay that way for very long. See, the Democrats control the politics. They really have all the, the juice. They have the federal government in their back pocket. They also have control of the National Guard of Florida. So you can understand that all the MAGA people might look up and say, wait a second now, they're a smaller group of people. We gave them a couple of our cities, but their politics, they seem to be imposing their way on us. So then the Democrats decided that they really like Tampa. And they want that for themselves as well. So they just start moving in. And, and if the MAGA people resist, 
they're shot or arrested. The Democrats just start building their settlements uh, in Tampa. Oftentimes, they just walk in and just take a home away from a MAGA family, and they have the National Guard there to protect them while they do it. Now, we have to also imagine for this scenario that the MAGA people are not armed. <laughs> Let's pretend we don't have a Second Amendment in this country, too. And so you're MAGA people, but you're unarmed MAGA people. So the National Guard pretty much calls the shots. And so if the Democrats want Tampa, the Democrats get Tampa. So anyway, you know, so the MAGA people just decide to take it. And as Tampa is taken over, they start concentrating on living in Jacksonville. But gosh darn it, now the Democrats decide that they actually want a chunk of Jacksonville too. So they start moving in. They start taking homes. They start setting up Democrat settlements in Jacksonville. And any of the MAGA people that get in, uh, out of line or get in their way, again, they're arrested or shot. So now the formerly MAGA territory of Florida is mostly controlled and occupied by Democrats. You really only have a portion of Jacksonville. And then let's just give, uh, give the MAGA people, they're still clinging to the possession of the Strip, you know, north of the Gulf of Mexico, the Pensacola, Destin area. Nice area, right? You got a beach. Now, that's really the only place you have left where you can live among your own people. So you're still among your own people with a shared heritage and a culture, so at least you have that. But the Democrats, oh, did I not mention this? The Democrats control to this area that you've, you've settled in, part of Jacksonville, Pensacola, Destin, you know, the, the panhandle. But the Democrats control your food, your water, and your electricity to that area. And if I can just do an aside here, see, this is where Dana Lash just drove me nuts yesterday. She made me throw up in my mouth a little bit. And I hate that because I'm a Dana Lash fan. And she said that Israel gave the Palestinians Gaza so they could rule themselves. Well, she left out the part about the total control that Israel maintained over the food, the water, the electricity, the ability to travel. She left out the part about trapping people, actually, in this newly, this newly given area of Gaza. Now, you MAGA people, my question continues. So you MAGA people, one of the things that you can do, at least you've got that beach and you can go out and fish. Well, the Democrats decide for, let's just say, for green purposes. They don't want you overfishing. So they set up some patrols out there that if, if you go too far off the beach for your fishing, now many of you, Many of the MAGA people that have lived for generations in Florida, you've raised, you know, there's families that built their lives around the fishing trade. That was what you did. It's how you fed yourself. It's how you earned money for your families. People relied on you fishermen. Well, the Democrats came in and said, you know what? We're scared you're overfishing. We'll just blame it on the, you know, we'll pretend the Democrats for this because it's not far out of, re out of uh, mind, is it? Uh, that just for green reasons, they say, we're only going to allow you to come off the coast a slight bit. And if you go any further off the coast to do your fishing, we're going to shoot your boat. We're going to arrest you or just shoot you there in the water. So the MAGA people all get together and they start protesting. Again, you're unarmed. There's no Second Amendment in this scenario. So you go out into the streets, tens of thousands of you march in protest. Here's the sad thing. Nobody cares. The rest of the world sees the atrocities being imposed on you MAGA people, and they condemn the Democrats for it. Nothing gets done. As a matter of fact, some people blame you 
the MAGA people for not doing more to accommodate your new residents when they move into your places in Jacksonville or when they moved into your places in Tampa and overtook that area. They're mad at you, actually. Now, you can only imagine in this scenario, some of the MAGA people just will not sit back and let this continue. So they are going to lash out and fight back against the people and the National Guard that are taking their homes, limiting their movement, restricting their fishing, and controlling their food, water, and electricity. And they are able to lay their hands on a few weapons because there's some other conservative states around them that surround them. You're not allowed to leave Florida to go to those conservative states, and some of the conservative states don't even want you. But you are able to get some weapons in. They at least sympathize with your plight. So a few of the MAGA people go grab their guns and they attack a checkpoint. They actually, after this, they, they kill some of the Democrats and National Guard that are keeping them confined in this area that they find themselves st stuck in. So the media actually, in response to that, they ignore the fact that your towns were taken over before. They ignore the fact that you were kind of herded into just the panhandle of Florida. They ignore the fact uh, that you have no control over your food, water, electricity, medicine. And what they say when they see you lash out and attack one of the Democrat checkpoints and kill some National Guard people, they come out and they say, look, these MAGA people are violent, subhuman, extreme terrorists. They're going to show videos of the horrific scenes of the checkpoints where the Democrats and the soldiers were brutally murdered. Now, they don't show the abuse that you took under these people. They don't show your homes being taken. They don't show the people in your group shot during the protest the pe when you did try to peacefully protest. They just show the carnage from those of you who fought this oppressive system. So now you're really screwed. <laughs> Because not only do you have no power, but now the Democrats have a justification for really cracking down on you. So the Democrats decide to blockade the MAGA areas. They're going to actually really, they're going to actually even do a calculation where they say, I wonder how many calories each MAGA person is going to need to survive. They won't starve to death, but they won't be living with any, any plenty either. So they decide that, you know, maybe some rolling blackouts. Sometimes they even come into your areas where you've been causing problems and they pour cement into your wells to stop you from even getting water that's not signed off on by their control. These Democrats, they bomb your cities and destroy your businesses and your unemployment in Magatown gets up to over 50%. That's five zero. So you're now you're sickly. Some of you are dying because of lack of medicine and care. You're malnourished. You're unemployed. Your community is just in abject poverty across the board. And, and the thing is, is that with these blockades, too, that after the, some of your parts of Magatown in the panhandle of Florida are bombed, you can't even rebuild. You're not allowed to bring in the supplies and the, the people necessary to actually con reconstruct what you had before. So the MAGA people don't like any of this at all, so some more of them try to stand up to it. So they don't, but they don't have the power that the Democrats have in that area. Again, the, the Democrats are backed by the federal government. They control the National Guard. So the Democrats win again. And now they decide that they are going to punish everyone in the MAGA areas to make sure nobody else gets out of line. So now they cut down on the food and the electricity and the water even more. The MAGA people are now getting desperate. 
You've tried protest. You've appealed to the federal government, to the world. Nothing has been done. But these MAGA areas are heavily controlled. You know, you, you MAGA people, you've got to ask for permission to leave your area, even to go to work. You might have to go through a Democrat checkpoint. Sometimes they won't let you through to go earn a living or feed your family. As a matter of fact, around the panhandle of Florida, huge walls are built. And these slums that emerge because you're, you've got over 50% unemployment in this, you know, it's the beautiful Florida panhandle, right? you got a beach. But you've also got 50% unemployment. You control none of your food, water, electricity, medicine. And so you're just desperate. So here is my question. I told you it was a long one. I told you it was a long one. What do you do? What do the MAGA people do at this point? Now, there's a lot of people out there that consider themselves, I'm one of you, or freedom fighters, right? So in the scenario that I've laid out for you, what is your next step? Because this has been going on in Florida over the course of 30, 40, 60 years, and it just keeps getting worse. You have now raised generations of your kids in the Florida panhandle where everything that you do is controlled by somebody else and you're not allowed to leave. You have no self-determination. And as a matter of fact, you, you were pretty comfy in the state of Florida. Now you're all crammed into the panhandle. The panhandle is a walled-in, one of the most heavily concentrated areas of humanity on planet Earth. And every year you lose a little bit more of that land. You lose a few more of your homes. A few more walls are built to control your movements. And you can't leave. They're not going to let you just board a plane or jump in a car or even get a boat off the Florida coast. No, no, no. You're stuck in there. What are your next steps? As the conservative freedom fighters, who I, I am one of you, I feel oppressed by our own federal government now through things like taxation and censorship. I think it's time we start doing something about that here. It is nothing like what I'm describing for Magatown in Florida after the abusive Democrats have taken over the rest of the state. What does, and particularly the MAGA man, do? Now, I already have pre-imagined many of the, <laughs> the objections to my scenario now. So I'll address those. I got to take a break, but I'll address those when we come back because I want to be make sure if anyone tunes out now, I can't listen to another segment of that guy. I, I'm not justifying the horrific, horrific Hamas attacks on women and children in Israel. Not at all. But I am painting you a fairly accurate description of what the Palestinian people have been through for the past 50 or 60 years. I'm just asking you, what would you do that would be so much more civilized? You've tried so many things. You've tried to appeal to people. You've, you've tried all these other things. Now, again, I've got your objections in my head. I can't do a call-in show. You know, if you listen to the show, you know I'm a I'm a nomad. I'm around the country pre-recording shows. I'll address some of what I believe your questions might be or your objections would be on the other side of this break. If you want to hear them, stick around.
right, we are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 1039 WYEB. My email address <laughs> is mikemadison at wyab.com. You can't call in, but if you want to tee off on me or you have an exception, I'll try to respond to these things. If, if we, get, I don't know. I haven't got a whole lot of time for a bunch of back and forth, so maybe that's kind of chicken for me to record this and then run away. I'm just posing this to you. And if you're new, if you're just joining the show, I'm just asking a big question. A big question for the MAGA crowd out there, the people who consider themselves within the United States right now, rightfully, I'm with you. I support you. You consider yourself freedom fighters, freedom from oppressive regulations, freedom from censorship, freedom from deplatforming, freedom from endless taxation. We should all be freedom fighters for those things. I am right there with you. But if you had not won life's lottery like I did, I was born to a middle-class American family. I didn't earn that. That's just luck. Had I been born in another part of the world in the same time that I was born, my life might have looked incredibly different. So I think it's always worth considering, what if I lived there? And this is the question that we never ask. I've talked about this with, I, with every one of these skirmishes. I, I ask this. I ask it if you were... If you were Russia and you saw Ukraine pounding ethnic Russians in eastern Ukraine for eight years, killing 14,000 people in that area, what would you do? Just let them keep dying? So it is always, this is the thing, and the media does not want you to do this. Your political class does not want you to do this. They do not want you thinking anything except bad act by Hamas, which it was, horrific Bad act by Hamas, it means there's no rules anymore. They, they Again, they, they pick the historical date, whatever, what was it, October 6th? That's the day all history started. No, there's 60 years of history prior to October 6th that need to be examined and thought about. Would you have been there? So I'm asking, what would MAGA people do if they had had the plight of the Palestinians for the past 60 years <laughs> with no end in sight? No one coming to save you. Now, as I said, I can imagine some of the objections. Uh, one of them will be from the, the right, and I hear this on the neocons on conservative talk radio. Hamas has been given every chance to have a peace deal. Even one of, uh, and I'm kicking myself because one of the guys, one of the Israeli, he might have been in charge of uh, Mossad or he was somebody from the Knesset over there. Even he has a quote where he said, it was maybe the 2006 agreement. He said, I don't blame him for not taking them. If I was Palestinian, I wouldn't have taken it either. If you if you listen to my example of where you are in Magatown in the panhandle of Florida, having been corralled into an open-air concentration camp in the panhandle, of, you understand the force, the, the, the power that the Israelis have and the Palestinians has is not equal, right? I mean, it's like a record company and a, and a brand new signer, right? Somebody who really wants to get a record out there. I, I know that's a weird, weird comparison, but the, the power dynamic is not even. So would you expect that, that every agreement that Israel is willing to sign off on, would you expect that would be something that would be to the benefit of the Palestinians when Israel already has all the power? And even Israelis have said these peace deals have been ridiculous. So anyway, I know that's one objection. Here's another one. We'd never kill, even in Magatown, we would never come out of our areas and attack women and children. 
Well, I hope not, because when Hamas does it, it's disgusting and despicable, and there's a special place in hell for them as, as well. But what in my scenario, what about all of the Democrat men, women, and children who stole your homes for the past 30 or 40 years? Do you, do you imagine that your mind could get so twisted? Because it's not just the military occupation. You actually have, and they refer to them politely as, air quotes here in the studio, settlers. You know, just like our people who, who settled the Wild West. They got into a, a horse and, and a carriage, and they just rode out and found land that nobody was doing anything with, and they just built a home and made a life for themselves. No, that's not the settlers that have been in Israel in the settlements. Those are built or they're taken from people who it was their land, sometimes for generations. So you can kind of imagine where, because I'm with you, look, I, I spend a lot of time on this show saying I don't fight a cross, right? I don't fight people on my own level. I don't fight people just because they're a Democrat and they vote different than me because I know the corruption, what, I, what we should all be targeting, where our anger should be focused is at the top. And if you have an occupying force, the top is where you need to focus. But I will say, if I had been living in an area where people from another group had routinely come in and taken my home, they had just, I came home from work one day and all of my stuff was on the lawn and I knocked on the door. I tried to walk in, the locks were changed, and I knocked on the door and someone answered and said, what do you want? Said, well, this is my house. No, it's not, not anymore. That's your stuff out there. You're lucky we even put your stuff out there. I wanted to burn it, but it's out there. Good luck. Because that has actually happened to the Palestinian people in these settlements. Now, I, I know this makes some people's minds hurt. Are all Palestinians just helpless victims always doing the right thing? Absolutely not. Another theme of this show is really there are no good guys. But the Palestinian people, their plight has been horrific. And, and I ask again, I don't condone what Hamas did. It was just really disgusting. Now, there's a whole lot of questions. I think even Charlie Kirk is asking some questions about how exactly did this happen again? On the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, they weren't paying attention to their borders. There's other Israeli soldiers that are coming out and going, look, a rat, a rat scurrying along the fence would have been blown to kingdom come when we had noticed any movement by this fence, but strangely, thousands of Hamas terrorists were able to just peacefully glide across the borders, over the fences, in their paragliders, in their cars, on their boats. Everybody was just, they just, uh, this, this stinks. The, the whole narrative of this thing stinks. But once they got over there, if they did target, there's also a lot of... Uh, Israelis over there, they're saying it's not what you're being told, not that people didn't die in horrific ways. But it's not near as simple, and everybody should always be suspicious. This is why I don't like to do shows like The Day Something Happens. I kind of like a week or so to look at everything before I jump the gun and accept anything that I saw on Twitter or Facebook or Google or NBC or ABC or Fox or from the Republican Party because they're all lying to you. Never let a good crisis to waste is, uh, go to waste is one of the major rules of modern politics. And so they will take it and they will create the narrative. And just as soon as people hear it, they, they, they react with emotion. They won't think about the past history to understand why this is happening. They will accept this. They're Muslims. They hate Jews. They want to march them off the planet. Now, 
In my scenario, would you hate Democrats? I would imagine you would. I would. And I'm not somebody who's really prone to hate uh, for other people. But if I lived in this MAGA world that I've just described to you, where we lived there for generations and in Florida, and all of a sudden our entire way of life, we had been corralled into an open-air concentration camp in the Florida panhandle, I can imagine I'd be pretty easy to make hate people too. See, people think freedom fighting is great for themselves. A lot of Republicans out there, they, they don't like the censorship. They don't like the... They don't like the, um, the attacks that conservatives have been under, particularly in the last five to ten years. It's really woken a lot of people up, made a lot of freedom fighters out of a lot of people who weren't even really paying attention. It's just gone too far. But can you even imagine if it was also not just kind of intellectual, you know, they were just lying to you or censoring you, but they were actually controlling your body? They were controlling your medicine. They were controlling your food. Can you even imagine what that... If you're a freedom fighter now, I can only imagine it would not get better in the scenario uh, that I'm laying out today. All right, I got to take one break. I knew I'd run long on this. Got a lot left. I'll probably end up with some other clips and things for tomorrow's show. So if you if you withstood this one and are willing to just think about it as, as this is an intellectual exercise. Can we start to wrap our minds around what people go through and then ask ourselves, what would we do? And if and th there's better ways than what Hamas did, for sure. I mean, thousands of Palestinians are going to die now. And they knew this was going to happen. But at what point do you just say, we got nothing left to lose? We've got nothing left to lose. How many decades in an open-air concentration camp? As a matter of fact, I'm going to read you a headline from Haaretz, the Jewish Israeli newspaper when we come back. Maybe that'll explain it to you. Be right back. All right, final few minutes of the show today. You know what I did? I, I like clipped something, you know, an internet address for. That's what I what I do on my show notes. I just put, I put uh, links, and then I click on them in the show and pull up the articles. Apparently, I just put the same one under about five different notes. <laughs> so, I'm, uh, Haaretz, the Israeli newspaper, actually had an article, and I'm gonna have to paraphrase here, and hopefully, I can find it. I look through so much stuff. It's not going to be easy to go back through my history and try to figure out where this stuff is. But but Haaretz had put something like, uh, eh, maybe we shouldn't keep these people in an open-air concentration camp for decades. I'm not really sure what we should expect when we do that. This is Haaretz. And that's the other thing, too, for any charges of anti-Semitism here. This is what I'm talking about to you, much like with the Democrats. The power that the Democrats have to have taken over Florida and corralled you, it would have come from state power. It would be the government you'd have the real issue with, right? And it's the same. I, do, I have no love lost with the Israeli government. Absolutely none. I don't have any love lost for my government. That doesn't make me anti-American. I don't like the German government. I'm not anti-German. I don't like the Peruvian government. And I don't even know anything about them. I'm just sure I wouldn't like a Peruvian government. <laughs> so I'm not anti-Peruvian. I vacationed in Peru. Beautiful place. Love the people. I would imagine I'd hate that government, too. So for any charges of anti-Semitism, 
you're blaming the Jews for everything. No, I know a lot of great Jewish people. And there are a lot of Jewish people that are speaking out on this issue of the Palestinians. Of course, now it's been so politicized that when you see a Jewish person out there, they might be standing next to a left winger that you don't like. So you immediately think they're wrong. That's how politics just destroys our capability and our ability to think. It's a genius plan by the oligarchs for sure. But it certainly is not serving us. Yeah, I'm looking at the, all the stuff that I have left on today's cutting room floor. So there'll be a little bit more of this. Boy, I hope I don't have to talk about this stuff for weeks. Y'all will probably get tired of it because I'm, I'm so alone. <laughs> I know you're not hearing this anywhere else. It probably makes a lot of people uncomfortable and, and, and really they don't know what to think. It's like a Bill Maher audience when he finally started calling out the Walt culture. They didn't know whether to applaud. They just kind of looked around and maybe a couple of people applauded. They had to start getting, it took a month to really understand <laughs> what Bill Maher was saying. Well, I think I suffer that same fate. I don't want to talk about this because that means it's an ongoing tragedy. Hopefully a ceasefire is reached and this ends as an issue for now. But boy, it doesn't feel like it's headed this way. And for you Iran hawks out there, and there's a bunch of you, you're going to maybe get your wish. Make sure you tell your, your young teen children they may be called up. That's all the time I got for today. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Me and my crew.